0: Welcome ladies, as we continue in our series of what the Bible says about money as a Christian couple, we're going to take a look at what tithing in the Bible is. Where did it originate from? What is the purpose of it? Are we still required to do it today? And if so, how much are we expected to give? We're going to take a look at all of this today. So settle in, get ready to take some notes, and let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out Podcast. Are you wanting to do life God's way but are unsure how or what that even looks like? Do you sometimes fear that you're doing this whole wife and mom thing all wrong and want to know how to do it right? Or do you want to stop worrying all the time and learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies. Bible study teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to find biblical answers to life's challenging questions in his word, to know what his promises are for you, how to apply them to your life, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So, if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day and follow the amazing plan that God has for you, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. In part one of what the Bible says about money as a Christian couple, We talked about the fact that it all starts with trusting God with our finances, not handling our money the way the world would tell us to do so, but doing it God's way, and that as His children, He promises to bless us and to meet our needs. I also shared with you our first step in trusting Him is to seek Him first, to know what He says by reading His word and by following His commandments for our life making those commandments a priority in our lives. If you haven't listened to this episode yet, then I recommend that you go and listen to it. You can either do it before or after you listen to this one, but hear it so that you have a basis for what it is that I'm sharing with you today. One of the precepts that we learn as believers is to trust in God and to faithfully follow in tithing. I say faithfully because it may take all the faith that we can muster to carry this out. This can be so difficult when we're already struggling to make our ends meet and to pay all of our bills. And then our first thought is this, is how can I afford to be able to tithe? But honestly, you can't afford not to. And today I'm going to talk to you about why. It is also difficult to tithe if we don't truly understand all that the bible teaches on the subject and what part of it applies to us today so then what is tithing in webster's dictionary the definition of tithe is a tenth part of something paid as a voluntary contribution so tithe in and of itself means a tenth of something that is given in the church this is most commonly referred to as originating with the Old Testament law. In Deuteronomy 14.22, it says, You must be certain to tithe all the produce of your seed, so that the field produces year by year. And then in Exodus 34, in the beginning of verse 26, it says, The first of the first fruits of your land you must bring to the house of the Lord your God. So here, God is instructing the Israelites to give a tenth of their first fruits of what their land has produced for them, and to give it to the Lord as a tithe. However, as I was digging a little bit deeper into this, I found two accounts in scripture where a tenth was given to the Lord before the law was established. In Genesis, we read of a battle that Abram, or later called Abraham, and his men were involved in. After his return from the defeat of Laomor, and the kings who had joined with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Sheva, that is, the king's valley. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram, by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. So when the battle was over, and Abraham gave Mechizedek, the priest of God, a tenth of the spoil from the battle. Because in those days, when a battle occurred, the person who won, the army who won, was able to go and get all the spoil from the land. And when Mechizedek, the high priest, had blessed abraham well then abraham in turn gave him a tenth of all the spoil that he had received and then later in genesis we read of jacob also giving a tenth to the lord and it says in genesis 28 verses 20 and 22 jacob vowed a vow saying if god will be with me and will protect me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I return to my Father's house in peace, then the Lord will be my God. Then this stone, which I have set for a pillar, will be the house of God, and from all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you." So clearly, even before the Old Testament law was given, God had put it on the hearts of those who followed him to give a tithe, to give a tenth back to the Lord of what he has provided as an act of worship. And then in Malachi, we find out just how God feels when we neglect worshiping him in this way and by giving him our tithes. Now listen carefully to what it says in Malachi 3, verses six through 12. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them return to me and i will return to you says the lord of hosts but you say how shall we return will a man rob god yet you have robbed me but you say how have we robbed you in tithes and offerings you are cursed with a curse and your whole nation for you are robbing me. Bring all the ties into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing, that there will be not room enough to receive it. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that it will not destroy the fruit of your ground. And the vines in your field will not fail, To bear fruit, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. In the Old Testament law, the Israelites were instructed to give a tithe, a 10% of their increase, as well as various offerings to the Lord at different feasts that were celebrated throughout the year. But they had turned from God in this, and they were not keeping his commandments. And so therefore God accused them of robbing him because they were not bringing their tithes and their offerings into the house of the Lord because they were disobedient in giving to the Lord. They were cursed. God was against them, but he did not completely turn his back on them. Instead, He showed them the error of their ways and gave them the promise, the same promise that he gives to us, and that if they were obedient to him and giving their tithes and offerings, that he would bless them to the point there is not room enough to receive it. And that is the same promise that we have today. In that time, their main source of income was their crops. And look at what he tells them. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that it will not destroy the fruit of your ground, and the vines in your field will not fail to bear fruit, says the Lord of hosts. So he's telling them, if you trust in me and are obedient in giving your tithes and offerings of the first fruits of your fields, I will protect your crops, that they will not fail, and they will bear much fruit. In the same way... God has the power to protect our income, our jobs, however it is that we are supported, however it is that the Lord provides for us, then he protects that as well. And yes, sometimes our jobs change. Sometimes we may even be laid off. But none of this is a surprise to God when this happens. Like he knows beforehand and has a plan when something like this happens, even though we don't know about it. And he will meet our needs in some other way, providing that we are trusting in him and we are faithful to him. So there are two main reasons why we tithe. First and foremost, it is because it is what the Lord requires of us as his children. And as his children, we should be obedient to that. We should want to be obedient to that. This is one of his commandments in scripture, just like any of the other commandments that we would read about. He is our Heavenly Father, who loves us, provides for us, died on the cross for our sins. All that we have comes from Him. And as I said in the last episode, we trusted Him enough to believe those promises of eternal life and that when we die, we're going to spend eternity in heaven with Him. So why should we not also trust Him with our finances, and giving a portion back to Him of what He has provided to us in both loving obedience and worship. The second reason is to support the church. This is how God provides for those that He has called to be in dedicated service to Him. It is how the church's needs are met, how ministries are funded, and how missionaries are provided for. In the Old Testament times, the tithes and offerings were given to the Levite priest as their inheritance from the Lord. The Levites were not given land as the other tribes were, as they were to be in service to the Lord. The tithe was how the Levite priest and their families were supported. In Leviticus 23.10 it tells us, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you have come into the land that I am giving to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf bundle of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. I bring this up because we don't always seem to recognize what the money that we're giving is being used for or who is depending on it. If we have some unforeseen expenses or for some reason our money at the end of the month is a bit tight, then sometimes we tend to give less when we go to church that next Sunday or maybe we'll skip giving altogether for that month. I talked about this with my husband and he mentioned this really good analogy. And that was, so if you work at a job outside the home and get a paycheck or your husband works and gets a paycheck, if the company that you work for was to have a bad month that month, sales didn't go well, something happened, maybe equipment broke, whatever it was, But the income for the business didn't go quite as well. Your expectation would not be that the owner would come to you and say, hey, things really didn't go well this time this month and things are kind of tight. And so your paycheck is going to be a little bit less. No, your expectation is that your paycheck is going to be the same for the work that you have done no matter what happens with the business. And we need to kind of look the same way at our church and at our church giving, that no matter what happens, that we are to give to the Lord first. And that is what he tells us. And your church probably has a budget and it's based on the funds that they receive throughout the year. And when we don't give and and we don't do what we've always done or do what we have promised to do then the people and the ministries that are depending on those funds have a more difficult time and so this is just a good thing to be mindful of of why we give these funds and so as i was just talking about that we give our first fruits and if we are tithing the way that god intended for us to do then This isn't even going to be an issue for us because we're going to be giving from the top, giving those first fruits that God has called us to give. And that's meaning that we set aside our funds for the Lord first, before we take care of any other obligations that we may have. Too often, we tend to give from what we have left over rather than giving him our first fruits. In Proverbs 3, 9 through 10, it says, Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your presses will burst out with new wine. For most of us, we don't have fields to harvest or we don't have an increase in livestock. So for us, giving our first fruits is to give our tithe to the church, our first priority when it comes to paying our bills. This can be done weekly or monthly, or it can coincide with, um, whenever you receive your paycheck, but the funds that go to the church should be set aside before taking care of any of the other expenses that you have. Now, I realize that this can be scary, especially if you have concerns or you know that if you take that 10% and you give it to the Lord, that there's not going to be enough left over. But remember this, that this comes with a promise from the Lord that if we will trust in him, that if we will give of our first fruits, our barns will be filled with plenty. We also read in Malachi that we can test him in this, and we looked at this in the last episode as well, that we can test him and see if he will not open for us the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on us that there will not be room enough to receive it. We have these promises from our Heavenly Father that He will bless us if we are obedient to Him in this. And God is absolutely faithful to keep His promises. So then, how much do we give? There is much debate about this. And some would say that you give 10% for your tithe. Others would say that you If you look at all the tithes and the offerings that were given in the Old Testament, it's more like 33% of your income. Well, others would quote this in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, and it says, Let every man give according to what he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And they say that you can give any amount depending on what you feel the Lord wants you to give. Today I'm going to share with you what My opinion is on this and the scriptural basis for it, but please feel free to take a look at this for yourself, pray about it, talk with your husband about it or another mature believer, and decide for yourself what you feel that God is telling you to do. So based on the scriptures that we've already looked at and the meaning of the word tithe, our tithe to the Lord should be a tenth of our first fruits. This would be 10% of our total income that we receive whether it's a paycheck, tips, money that we pay ourselves um, in our own businesses, however the Lord has provided for us, we are to give a tenth back to him by tithing to the church that we attend. And we just talked about this, but this does come right off the top. It takes priority over all of our other expenses. And it can be given weekly, monthly, as you receive your paycheck, Um, Just something that is a regular basis for you. And then the second way is with our offerings. And this is what is actually being described in 2 Corinthians 9. If you take a look at these verses in context, you find that Paul is reminding the Corinthians of a gift that they had promised to give the church in Jerusalem. So if you back up to verses 5 and then go to verse 8, it says, Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brothers to go ahead to you and arrange beforehand your bountiful gift you previously promised, that it might be prepared as a gift, not as a matter of greed. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Let every man give according to the he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, For God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to make all grace abound toward you, so that you, always having enough of everything, may abound in every good work. So, this is not talking about tithing. It's not talking about their first fruits that they're giving to their own church, but it's talking about a separate gift that they were going to give to the church in Jerusalem. This would be over and above their tithe. That is why the instructions for giving are different in what Paul tells them and to give as God purposes in their heart. You will also notice that he reminds them of a few things. First, to not give grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. When we give to the Lord, whether it's our tithes or our offerings, it, not, it should not be done because we feel obligated and were upset and you know giving it grudgingly and like I earned this hard money and why do I have to give it back to the lord but in recognizing that everything that we have comes from the lord and we are stewards of it and all we are doing is giving 10% back to what the lord has given us and to do it cheerfully to do it with a heart of gratitude and then paul also reminds them He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully, and that God is able to make all grace abound toward you, so that you, always having enough of everything, may abound in every good work. So he's telling them, give as God purposes in your heart, but remember the God you serve. Who he is and his faithfulness to bless you as you trust in him and give to his people for his purposes with a cheerful heart. If we give little, we will receive little. But if we give much, we will receive much. And know that the actual dollar amount is not what's important here. We are not to compare ourselves to others and think, Oh, I'm better than they are because I give more money than they do. Or think less of ourselves because we gave less. Remember what it says in Mark about the widow's mite? In Mark twelve forty-one through 44 it says this, Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. Many who were rich put in much. But a certain poor widow came and put in two mites, which makes a farthing. He called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. They all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty. She put in all that she had, her entire livelihood. The two mites that the widow gave were only worth a fraction of a penny. However, Jesus said that she gave more than all of the others because they gave out of their abundance and she gave sacrificially out of their poverty. So it's not the dollar amount that's important, but the heart. What matters to our Heavenly Father is that we are not giving grudgingly, but instead giving willingly out of a grateful heart, that we are willing to trust in Him and to give sacrificially, meaning that our giving may make things a bit tight for us. But we have faith in knowing that God will be faithful to provide what it is that we need. Because of how God works, we are actually free to be generous. And we should be generous. It all belongs to God anyway. All that we have was given to us by our Heavenly Father, and we are merely stewards of it. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no change or shadow of turning. Scripture tells us that the more we share what God has given us with those who are in need, the more he blesses us and that we can give even more after that. If we hold on to it for ourselves, then he will reduce what we have been given. I know this goes against what most of us would you know, believe naturally or certainly what the world would tell us to do, but God is not of this world. He does not do things the way that the world does. His ways are higher than our ways, and we can trust Him because of the promises that He's made to us. In Luke six thirty-eight, it says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will men give to you. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured unto you. There was a man one time, a long time ago when my kids were little, and he stood up in church and he made this statement. And we were having some kind of a meeting about finances in church. And I'll never forget what he said, but he stood up and he talked to us all. And he said, you can't outgive God. I have tried and I have found that the more I give, the more God blesses me and gives back to me. And I have never been able to outgive him. You cannot outgive God. God is faithful and he is faithful to keep his promises to his children. But please understand, this is not about getting because I gave. It's not how much can I get because I'm giving to God. It is a matter of the heart, a desire to have faith and trust in the Lord, to trust him for your provision, to trust him for his care for you as well as being a desire, having that desire to be obedient to him because of your love for him. So our tithes and our offerings, there are two things that we need to give back to the Lord. So how are we going to give some practical application to this? Well, first, we are to give a tenth of our income back to the Lord. And you may have done this in the past and you have slacked off on it, or maybe you have never done it before at all but sit down and determine what 10% of your income is and make a plan for giving that to the church on a regular basis whether it's you know going to be when you get paid or at the end of the month you know that's a better time to go ahead and to give it all at once whatever the circumstances may be but sit down and find out what that dollar amount is And, and pray over that if you need to for the Lord to help you have the courage that you need to be able to give that and to trust in Him. If for some reason you feel that you just can't give that 10% to start with right now, then I recommend starting with a smaller portion and working your way to that 10%. Maybe even planning it out and how you're going to work your way to that 10%. But it's certainly better to start somewhere and to build your faith, and to build your trust in the Lord, than to skip it all together. Talk this over with your husband. Decide on an amount that both of you want to give to the church on a regular basis. And you know what? It may even be more than 10%. I mean, maybe you're in a situation where you are doing well, and the Lord has been providing for you, and maybe you've even been giving 10%, and now you want to give a little bit more. That's totally fine too, and that's a direction that you can go in. But do ask your husband about this. Make sure that you're both on the same page as to what it is that you're going to do, even if you're the one that takes care of the finances. But it's good to make sure that both of you are in agreement on this. You may be surprised by his answer. There was one time that uh, I had talked to my husband. We were discussing what we wanted to commit in, in supporting this certain missionary at church. And I think I was being a little bit limiting because, you know, I did our finances all the time. I knew what we had. I knew what we had left over, you know, at the end of each month and that sort of thing and what we could afford. And so I asked him his opinion, like, okay, so what do you, what do you think that we want to put down to commit every month to supporting this missionary? And he surprised me with his response because he said, it really doesn't matter how much we put down and how much we commit to, because it's all going to come from the Lord anyway. And I was like, oh, okay, well, then how much do you want to put down? <laughs> and uh, and we chose an amount. It was more than what I thought it was going to be, but that's okay. You know, sometimes we, we need each other, you know, to be able to help us with our faith, to help us take that step and trusting in the Lord for more than what we think that we can even do. And, and God provided, you know, we made all of the payments to that commitment that we were asked to do and God totally provided for that. So the same will go for your feelings that if you're giving out of necessity or a bit begrudgingly, give anyway and ask the Lord to help you to change your attitude and to increase your faith in him. Know too, that the enemy is going to feed you lies. He's going to give you feelings of insecurity and feelings that this is my hard-earned money and I don't want to give it up. And he's going to just make you think that there's no way that any of this is going to work. He doesn't want you to think it's going to work. He wants you to not trust in the Lord. He doesn't want you to give to further God's kingdom. And he certainly doesn't want God to bless you. So do not believe in his lies but continue to read the promises of God and his provision and his faithfulness for you. Trust in the Lord and honor him in your giving. If you try to wait until your feelings about this changes, it probably will never happen, and then you're going to be missing out on the blessings that God has for you. So then as far as offerings, so we no longer have the feast and that we're giving an offering as described in the Old Testament, However, we are instructed to give offerings over and above our tithes to help those who are in need. And with this, there are different ways that we can give and there are different amounts that we can give. And this is where that 2 Corinthians 9 comes into play, where we are to give what God purposes in our heart. Because we can't support every ministry, but there are ministries or people or things that the Lord has called for us. To help support. So within our church, we can support ministries that are maybe the children's ministry or the youth ministry. We can support the Awana program if you have one of those in your church, or a benevolence fund that provides funds for people in their time of need. We can also help with outreach ministries maybe to purchase Bibles or other supplies that they need for that, or with ministries that we happen to be personally involved in, I happen to be the um, leader of our women's ministry at our church. And so there's a lot of things that I go out and purchase for, you know, our women's lunch or for our retreat or for things that are going on, whatever's happening with the events in women's ministries. And one of the ways that I give back is I don't necessarily turn in all the receipts of the things that I have purchased. If it's something that it's like, you know what? I bought it. I don't miss that money. Everything is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Or if I think I'm getting close to my budget, then I just won't turn in those receipts. And I just ask the Lord, you know, to help to provide, to make sure that I have what I need to be able to take care of my bills. And he always does. So there's just different ways in that, that we can support ministries and people within our church. And then we can also support ministries outside of our church. I've talked to you before that my husband and I have been a part of the Gideon ministry for many, many years now and have supported them both with our time and our funds and our energy and all sorts of things, that is one way that we support them. There are Christian-based shelters, crisis pregnancy centers, you know, all of those kinds of places that you can devote some funds to, devote some time to, whatever the case may be. There are outside Christian youth organizations that you can also be involved in in support. And, you know, Trust me, if you ask the Lord, Lord, show me where it is that you want me to give an offering. Show me where it is that you want me to take that step of faith and to give funds to further your kingdom, then he is definitely going to show you that. So we can support ministries that are both inside and outside of our churches, as well as our time and our talents as we work in those ministries and serve to meet the needs of others. Ladies, we have covered a lot today, and I hope that this has blessed you. In the next episode, we're going to look at where our responsibility ends and where faith begins. And then we're also going to look at what all of this looks like in our Christian marriages. But before you go, I just want to pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, Oh Lord, I thank you so very much that you are our provider. You care for us. You love for us. You are our Abba Father that we can come to and we can trust. And we know, Lord, that you are a mighty God. You are bigger than anything that happens in this world. You are bigger than any of the financial circumstances that we may be facing right now. And Lord, we can come to you and believe in your promises. We can trust in you to provide for us. We can trust that when you say that you are going to bless us and to give to us and provide for our needs, if we are faithful in seeking you first and in giving you of our first fruits, Lord, we can trust that you are going to keep that promise and that we will be provided for and that we will be blessed beyond measure. Lord, I thank you so much that in all the years that I have followed you, You have proven this to me. You have shown me over and over again that you are faithful, that you love me, that you take care of me, that you take care of my family, Lord. You have always been with us. And Lord, I thank you so much for that. I ask, Lord, that you would be with each and every one of these ladies. Be with them. Hold them. Lift them up. Help them to trust in you. Encourage them, Lord to seek You, to seek Your will, to seek what it is that You would have them to change in their lives, to be faithful in their tithing, in their offering, in giving back to You, in seeing that everything that they have, Lord, has come from You, and they are the steward of it, to do with it as You have called them to do. Lord, bind up the power of the enemy. Bind up his lies and just push him away from these ladies, Lord, that they can seek your face, that they can believe in your promises, Lord, and that they can trust you with their finances. Lord, I thank you so much, and I praise you in your precious name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way that I know if you like the show, and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, Ooh, she needs to hear this. Well, then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? Then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information blog posts journaling ideas and free printables or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the faith lived out community group on facebook where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes ladies thank you again for listening today And know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.